This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast. Sponsored by fanjewel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast, episode 31. I'm your host, Terence Ford, of RedDeBlueArmy.co.uk, and although we may not have Jason Punchin on this week, we do have Nick Philpott and Lucy White to preview our crucial battle against Hull at midday on Sunday. Also joining on the show will be Ian Waterson of Hull Kingston Radio to provide us with the opposition view, and we will hear a range of predictions before finishing our classic match against Hull from 2013 when Super Kevin Phillips scored the quickest league hat-trick in the club's history. Before all of that, remember to head over to hlradio.net forward slash subscribe to ensure that you never miss another whole radio podcast. Right, welcome listeners and for the first time ever, welcome to everybody listening on DAB Radio. Um, we'll be going out as as live, although we are pre-recorded on a Wednesday, but don't tell anyone. Um, in the background, I have Nick and Lucy. Welcome, guys. Hi, Thank hi, you, Terence. How are you? I'm very well. I'm um, recovered from last weekend of firstly losing the Remph game on Friday night, um, the charity match between Palace fans and Brighton fans. We lost that 2-1. Um, my old my old legs only allowed me to play the last 10 minutes of the game and um, we lost 2-1 although we dominated the game and very very unlucky but congratulations to the Brighton fans who won back the trophy this year but we will always have the win when it was held at the Amex for the one and only time so never forget that um, of course our friends from the south coast uh, threw, threw away the title shall we say did you enjoy watching um who was it? It was Jack Grealish, wasn't it, Nick, who uh, somehow stuck the ball between Stockdale's legs from 25 yards? Yeah, I was actually, I was distraught for him. Um, it was, <laughs> <laughs> no, before, I got, before we talk about that, um, firstly, congratulations to everybody involved in the Remp game. My understanding from what I've heard is that they raised something like nine grand for the charity. So well mm. done, Palace fans. Well done, Brighton fans. Now, that's the niceties out of the way. Isn't it a shame? Well, it's a crying shame that they lost the championship. <laughs> and I laughed, and I laughed. It was. I was, I was sat with two Brighton fans, um, and they were listening to it on their, on their various devices. And when it was nil-nil going into the second half, they were both like, oh, we're promoted. It doesn't really matter. You know, we'll, we just wanted to get promoted. It doesn't matter winning the title. They score, go one nil up, and then it's champion, it's champion, it's in the next forty minutes until <laughs> until Villa scored, <laughs> and then they were very much like, no, no, it was just promotion. I'm like, shut up, you know you wanted that, don't even give it to me. <laughs> and um, of course, the man that made the error that um, lost them the title, uh, Stockdale. Um, unsurprisingly or surprisingly, I don't know which one it is, we've been linked with as a potential replacement for Wayne Hennessy next season. Lucy, um, <laughs> surely we're the only team that would want to replace the worst goalkeeper in the league with the second worst goalkeeper in the league. Yes, typical Palace, isn't it, really? It just about sums us up. Um, no, I think we can aim higher than 
Stockdale much. Yeah, well, I, a lot of people suggest that he's the best goalkeeper in the league, but I'm, I'm from what I've seen this season, for the few games I've seen him score two own goals in the same game and drop the ball between his legs. So, um, <laughs> but I did see him make a great penalty save. To be be fair, so, um, but of course, hopefully, we will be facing Brighton next season. But we'll get into that more as we go on. Um, this week has seen the Crystal Palace Goal and Player of the Season awards come out. Of course, um, I didn't see a Save of the Season award on there anywhere, but um, <laughs> we'll, 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 let, we'll let that one that, go. That's going to be on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Um, actually, before we get into that, I'm talking. I, I may have found out the reason why Steve Mandanda doesn't play for us. And Ooh. apparently it's down to um, Sam Allardyce having a rule that if your body percent, body fat percentage is over 8%, you cannot play. And um, Mandanda sits slightly higher than 8%, as I think is obvious from just looking at pictures of him. So, um, And I have that on, on very good authority is all I will say. I won't drop the person in it who told me, but um, I can't imagine for any reason why they would be wrong. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so the Palace Goal and Player of the Season awards are out. Um, I think Player of the Season sewn up, isn't it, Nick? Yeah, they both are, aren't they? I mean, if if you look at the oh oh, I'm not so sure about really. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, hang yeah, on that, a so, yeah. So Zaha's zone up Player of the Year. Um, Done. I, I do want to touch on Sacco being nominated after just eight games. Um, I don't know what that says about the rest of our team, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the rest of the shortlist just seems to be cracked together just to have someone to compete against Zaha. But I, I think obviously that is an absolute shoe in. But um, okay, Nick. Goal of the season sewn up. What's your suggestion? Okay, this is goal of the season, and I'm delighted to say that I was there. That was the Townsend run from our own box all the way up through the pitch and slapped it home and then nearly killed him in the process. That is the goal of the season. That's the individual goal of the season for technique, skill, athleticism, the whole lot. Uh, that's the goal of the season, and I think that is a shoe in. Now, Go for it, you two, because I'm quite happy to be persuaded otherwise. Well, the contenders, Lucy, are obviously Zaha versus Hull and Zaha mm-hmm. versus Swansea. And then Benteke versus Chelsea, which I, th- I think someone at the club has fallen in love with a little bit more than they should have. And Johan Goodbye against Arsenal. Um, so who, what's your pick out of those? Because I'm guessing it's not Townsend. Well, I too was um, at the West Bromwich game uh, and saw that live and yes are are you are you wait a second are you two like sly digging me here because that's one of the only games i've missed this season (laughs) (laughs) i was i was was watching it in the football factory in new york because i was there for a friend's wedding so um i wasn't there but go on you were there live and you saw it go on but but you know i i I actually thought ben teke's goal was um right up there but I and I and I did contemplate voting for that one um but it has to be Kabai's volley at Arsenal it's a little just... thing Kabai's little okay well so this shows you how clear-cut it is Nick because um I think it's the, the clear winner is Zaha against Hull <laughs> <laughs> so um all three of us and Believe me, listeners, our opinions are worth not much. <laughs> I've gone for have gone for different goals there, so um, and I it think will it's quite, also quite interesting. It's quite interesting that the listeners need to know that we didn't just rehearse that. I mean, that is three different differing opinions from the Homestyle Radio panel. Okay, and I think that's I think that's quite healthy. Really, uh, it shows you that we are all entitled to our own opinion, and we don't have to follow uh, Terence Ford's wrong <laughs> wrong answer. <laughs> Listen, we're all entitled to your own opinion unless your opinion's Nick Philpotts and then you're not entitled to it. Um, <laughs> but it will certainly be interesting to see how that vote ends up because obviously the fans will, are voting for it. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think Townsend goal, goal is great, but any goal that gets deflected should never be considered as goal of the season and it took a deflection, so I'm not having it. Um, Zaha's at Swansea is almost brilliant. Uh, but it's just a little bit too, I don't know, it just doesn't look fluid. You know, it could have been a lot more of a snappier volley. Benteke's finish against Chelsea, don't get me wrong, is incredible. But the goalie yeah. completely sold himself. And I'm not sure how much that had to do with Benteke's drop of the shoulder. It probably played a role. But it's just, it's a nice finish. But at the end of the day, it's 
I would give it goal of the season more for emotional value um, and Kabaya's one also comes in that although Kabaya's goal is a great finish they were both goals that you know putting us in the lead at Stamford Bridge and putting us 2-0 up over Arsenal they were both very well celebrated goals shall I say um, but let's move on um, If and just before we do if Bakary Sacco does win player of the year um, I'm, I'm retiring from this podcast so there you go uh, <laughs> let's get into um Let's get into the preview of the, the whole game. <laughs> Worst away record in the league. Their last win away from home was on the 20th of August. They've taken six points from a possible 54, conceded more goals than any other team away from home this season with 41. They've scored the fewest goals away from home this season with just nine. <laughs> so the doctor has prescribed them a trip to Sellers Park to make everything better. And what was just interesting just now is that um, a friend of the podcast, Doc Brown, has just tweeted me and he's in response to those stats has said, any stat like that terrifies me. We are the undisputed kings of ending rubbish teams, rubbish runs of form. Nick, is it is is it anything but a whole win on the weekend? It's, it's a it's a banker away win, isn't it? For him, bless him. Uh, no, I don't. I really don't think he will be. I think it'll be. Uh, Party time at Sellers on Sunday lunchtime. Lucy and I will be found laying side by side in a gutter somewhere about four o'clock after we've ran four past them. Uh, no, they that, it won't happen this weekend. All the Palace fans out there, all over social media that are panicking. Oh, God, it's the end of the earth. It's the end of the world. Cobblers, we will, it'll be a comfortable home win. Talking of Cobblers, Lucy, um, your local team. <laughs> um, yeah. Are you are you with Nick? Do you think it's going to be simple for us? I'm, I mean, I, I can't lie. I'm very worried. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> Plus the fact it's a ridiculous kickoff time, and I've obviously got to leave Northampton quite early to get get down for the match, which doesn't bother me in the slightest. But yeah, it's it's. I don't think it's going to be as as clean cut as we would like it to be. I think the Atmosphere is going to have a lot to play in how we do. Um, we really need to be like sort of fired up as much as we want the boys to be, because I think that's going to have a hell of an impact on how they perform. Um, mm. But yeah, I'm very worried. I mean, you know, look at Burnley; they hadn't won an away game all season, and then they beat us two nil. It's and it's it's a must-win game for both of us. So, you know, it's really, really hard to see, oh, yeah, it, we're going to walk it. We're going to, you know, knock her out mm. the park. But, you know, Palace don't do things easily. You know, you'd love it. You'd love to be able to say, yeah, it's going to be a walk in the park. But I, I'm, I'm genuinely worried that it's not going to be that simple. But, but yeah. in, all, in all seriousness, you say it's a... Uh, must-win game for both of them. That's not the case, though. Let's let's get down to the technicalities of it. We only need a point. Yeah, we only must need a not point. Lose for us. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. But even then, even then, who's Hull's last game? Is it Hull and Swansea? Spurs. And it could also I'll, be. Over. I'll have Spurs. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so, uh, I mean, it, it, you say it's a non-lose game, but that's actually also not the case. Uh, we can <laughs> we can lose that and still get away with it. Um, so, yeah, but don't the, you think? That's a that's a bit defeatist, I think. That's you know, play for a point. Well, okay, that is technically true, but I'd rather get all three and really secure our safety. Of course, of course, and I mean, I think that a lot of that will depend on the lineup eventually and uh, who's available for him to pick and what formation that he plays. But it's um, yeah, yeah. The the point is. We just need a point, okay? And uh, I think it will come quite comfortably this this Sunday lunchtime. Well, um, a lot of people comparing it to the Norwich game of last year when Jason Punchin scored pretty much to secure our safety that season. Is it, though? Because Norwich was nowhere near as urgent. We had quite a few more games after Norwich, including winnable games after Norwich, where... At the moment, we're left with, if we do not get what we need from this game, we go to Old Trafford where our record just absolutely stinks. And 
I don't care if he's saying he's going to play their under-23s because I'm sure we'll find something to go wrong. So I think it's certainly more urgent than Norwich, and I think Lucy's right to touch on it. I think the atmosphere is going to be very important on the weekend. But, you know, it's a 12 o'clock kickoff. All the pubs are going to be closed. People's routines are going to be messed up. Everyone's going to be out of sync with what's going on. So it might it make, might take some time for that to start get going, and it's going to be a very... um interesting experience to say the least i think on sunday sunday lunchtime um on the subject of the um atmosphere if you don't mind me jumping in there tell uh the other po- uh point worth noting is there's going to be a full homesdale lower display so they normally generate a good atmosphere in the ground anyway whilst you, you make a good point about it being an early kickoff i think the display will be the, probably the best display of the season and that will get the the uh, fans fired up and hopefully get the players fired up as well. Is it only the lower? I thought they were doing the whole the whole homestyle. It may well be the whole homestyle. Even, even, even more even more reason for the you know, for me to make that point then if that's the case. But I think it, yeah. I think it'll be a cracking atmosphere. Um, it's quite frankly the biggest game since we've been back in the Premier League, in my opinion. Yeah, so for those of you listening on DAB radio, make sure you get into the ground early, sacrifice that last pint and hold up that paper that is on your seats because it needs everyone to join in to make it look like it's supposed to look like. Defence, we're going to have to talk about it. Um, I was I was extremely chuffed on Saturday that I got to go up to Manchester on the earliest train possible to get there for a, in time for the 12.30 kickoff to watch... Schlupp and Ward play centre back. I was I was delighted. <laughs> um, now, obviously, I don't know what that says about Damo. A lot of people have talked about whether it's the pace and you got uh, Lucy, um, you and Gel touching on it a lot on the show, taking him out because of pace and Gel. I think very. I'm not going to say eloquently. I don't think he's ever eloquent, <laughs> but he he said that you know it's Delaney would have been you know putting his body on the line for the calls and. I think the experiment didn't work with putting Schlupp in there and, you know, within the opening two minutes, the this discombobulation at the back was clearly the problem that, that led to David Silva just having a simple tap-in. And um, I, I don't know where he goes this weekend. What do, you, what do you think, Nick? Does he go back? Do we go back to four at the back? Do we experiment with a different three at the back? Or if you're, if you're Mr. Allardyce, put yourself in his shoes and... Lay off the pint of wine, and what would you do? Uh, I would be playing Scott Dan because my understanding is he's been in training all this week, uh, and I think Dan may well come back in. Well, I mean, I haven't, as far as I'm concerned, I haven't seen any of this, and I know I, I've heard that Scott Dan's out for the whole season, so I'm going to carry on and assume basically that. The knee injury got the strain, also lack of fitness. Starting him is not. Let's assume that's not a possibility. What What do you look for then? Do you Do you put Damo in? Oh yeah, without any shadow of a doubt, Damo has got. I mean, I was listening to the uh, the review show and Lucy's point about Damo. He must be in. Um, if Dan is not fit, okay, we cannot play Van Arnholt and Schlupp again and Ward as we did on Sunday. Uh, it's got to be Damo back in alongside Kelly with probably Schlupp one side and Ward the other side if it, uh, on the back four. But he may well even play a back five, you know, because you know what he's like about it. He's protecting the point. He may well play five. What do you think, Luce? Are you going for a four at the back? I'll go for four and I would put Kelly and Damo in the centre because uh, I think Kelly will uh, work better with Damo because Damo's got that experience and he's that leaderish type that we lacked at the weekend um i mean those that listen to sunday night's review show will have known how cross i was at the decision to drop a um a center back for two left backs and two <laughs> right backs absolutely um, right so yeah i think kelly and damo in the center and then i think we'll have um ward and i would have a schlup because I think Schlupp, uh, Schlupp was fantastic at Liverpool. So I think. And performed well against Arsenal as well in the following game. Yeah. So I think mm. he would. And then bring PVA on as an impact sub. Okay. That's getting very technical now. Right. Um, we haven't scored in three games now. Um, so obviously, this is a bit of a concern. Um, but do you think, Nick, 
whole having to win the game is going to play into our hands because we can treat it more like an away game because if you look at our away record this season it's excellent and only the top six have won more games away from home than us this season and I think three of those teams have only won one more away game than us so obviously hitting on the counter sitting deep and hitting on the counter suits us a lot better than perhaps trying to break teams down at home a la Burnley a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, certainly as time goes on during the game, not early in the game, so probably not even the first half. But as time goes on, Hull have then got to start committing. They've got to push players forward. They're going to push their fullbacks, and that will just suit Townsend and Zaha down to a T. And that's where that's where the difference in class will probably show. I hope it, I hope that is the case. I'm not even concerned if there isn't a goal. Okay, if there's not a goal, every, every twenty six thousand in the crowd will be happy. Okay, I look forward to your predictions later then. Lucy, um, Christian Benteke, we talked about it last week uh, with Tim and we're talking about reasons why perhaps he doesn't score goals at home, why he scores more away. Do you, would you like to see him get on the score sheet on Saturday? Absolutely. And I think, you know, he, he had a good chance at the weekend, um, which he was unfortunate not to, to get. Um, I just think, you know, the last few weeks we've played so many games in such a short space of time that mm. you know I think the the fitness is probably not at its best it's coming to the end of the season it would be great if he could get a couple at the weekend but you know he he, he deserves to get something this weekend Right, and Mr. Philpot, one thing we will end on is very important, and you seem to have taps into the injury crisis <laughs> Johan Gabayer, will he be fit for us this weekend? That part I was going to ask you about because I have, actually haven't heard anything about Kabai. Um, I just hope he's back in the team. I mean, I think we we all recognise that it's, uh, our recent problems have stemmed from weaknesses in midfield, and without Kabai in there, we really we, we need him back. I mean, put it this way: if he's in the starting lineup on uh, Sunday, I think that will be the defining moment of the game before they have even kicked the ball. If he is fit, I don't think he'll start. That's interesting. Mm, that's interesting. Really? I think I've, I've, I mean, we've only two games to go left in the season, and with May United being the last one, I think it's we've got to do it now against Hull. I think, and if he's available, I think he'll be in the team more so because his his injury is not as serious as a Scott Dan. So Scott Dan is someone that you could really risk hurting him if you play him. But if it's just a niggle for Kabaya, we can get the point we need, and then he's not needed for the rest of the season, then, you know, it's, I'd, I'd risk him if I'm honest. And I think Sarah and I will probably be on the same page. Right. Let's, let's end us talking about it because I'm, I'm excited about this. Next up, we're going to be speaking to Ian Waterson from whole Kings and radio and anybody who listened to the preview podcast from the return game earlier in the season, when we played up at the KC, um, he's quite the character. So after this short jingle, we'll be on with Ian Waterson. Homestel Radio Freeview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Right, we are now joined by Ian Waterson of Whole Kingston Radio for the second time this season. Um, I must say, Ian, you were quite the hit last time with us um, and our listeners. Everybody really loved your insight and um, looking forward to having you back on. So thanks for joining us again. Uh, no problem. It was brilliant. Uh, I'm pleased anyway. It's, it's always good to do this type of thing. It's good to keep in touch with fans and uh, feel your pain like you're feeling ours. We're both in the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So when you was on last time, you were telling us that Mike Phelan basically was never going to cut the mustard. And it obviously you proved to be right. So, But you've got um, Marco Alonso in. Now, you was worried that at the time that if Phelan left, nobody would take the job. Uh, are you surprised at the quality you managed to get in a, in the managerial role? Yeah, definitely. But it was uh, let's let's be honest about this. It was more more by luck than good judgment. And um, <laughs> I don't know who it was at the club, but uh, somebody put Marco Silva's CV at the top of the pile, and um, apparently only three CVs were looked at, and uh, his was his was picked out by um, the chairman's son, Iabalam, and. Um, he his pedigree was too good for us, but we like we like the ambition that he wanted to one day come to the Premier League, and um, I was very very surprised that a the opportunities came around, and b that when we got in touch with him, that he still wanted to take it, given 
the madhouse that we are as a football club. But uh, <laughs> here we are. Uh, he did take it. And um, I think, to be fair, he's breathed new life into the club and he's been absolutely sensational working with the same players that Mike Phelan had, but then very cleverly in January, adding that little bit of quality. He was astounded when he came here how threadbare the squad was because obviously mm. from the summer problems that we had where we appointed Mike Phelan but didn't give him any money to sign anybody, which didn't make any sense. And you saw the summer pre-season where we had eight of our squad in a team photo and that was the squad. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Uh, it's not the way to prepare for a Premier League season, as we've uh, found out. And, you know, Mike Feeling was left to wither on the van, and that was very, very sad because he was a decent bloke, but he, he was never going to cut the mustard at Hull City. He's just not a manager, and uh, it, so it came to pass. He, he got that new manager bounce for two and a half games, and then it all fell apart after that, and we never got back on the train again and uh, back on track. And... Obviously, that's when Silver arrived. But Silver, straight away when he came, was like, you haven't got any wingers, you haven't got any strikers, you haven't got any full-backs. What's going on at this club? And, you know, he set about bringing eight players in, albeit loans and frees, but mm. at least he plugged the gap and padded out our squad. And so what, in in terms of also adding the players on top of that, what, what has he done tactically that's different to what was going on before? Because I know Phelan was, you know, aggressively going with a sort of a 4-4-2 and ignoring a 3-5-2, which has, you know, been whole staple for a while and the kind of formation that Steve Bruce had built around. So is it, is he still sticking with a three at the back or what, what has he done tactically? Well, he's gone to a 4-4-2 or... Or latterly, he's changed it to a four-two-three-one. Mm-hmm. But essentially, what what he has done is he's he's changed the way that we the mindset of the players. Mike Phelan's mantra was, "We've got nil. Let's keep nil, and we might sneak a goal and win." And it was very much the Middlesbrough tactics that have fallen flat and foul this season mm-hmm. and seen them get relegated this week. Um, just just that that whole mantra of not conceding a goal it just didn't work because we just couldn't stop conceding goals so it was doomed to failure uh, but but Silver came in and said well if you want to stay in the Premier League you've got to win football matches and if you're going to win football matches you've got to score goals so I'm getting some wingers and I'm getting some strikers and I'm going to try and win and the first thing he said when he came here is he said I'm going to need a miracle to keep this club up he said, I know that, but if I didn't think I could do it, I wouldn't come. Yeah. And if I didn't think yeah. I could get the players I needed to help me, I wouldn't have come. And if I didn't think I was going to get that support, but he said, I'm here, my coaching staff believe we can do this. I've instilled into the players in the first three or four weeks, we can survive. You've got to believe me. I believe we can do it. And I need the fans to come out and believe me. And he knew about the politics that were going on at the club. But what he's been so clever at is he's, he's almost like... He's he's carried on doing what he needed to do and the politics that are rumbling on in the background, he just seems to have smoothed over that perfectly. Nobody's thinking about the politics of the club. Everybody's focused on trying to survive. And he's made the home tea the, the our home games, he's made he's made our stadium a fortress. We we have mm. been absolutely phenomenal there. We've been very difficult to beat. But where he's fallen down, he's tried to win games on the road. And unfortunately, he's found at this level with the players that he's got that, unfortunately, we're just not good enough to win games on the road. And hence, we've taken two points since he's been here while we've been on our travels. He's not won away yet. Yeah, so let me... Not for lack of trying. He's trying to win every game. (laughs) I want to win. I want to win. Yeah. Well, not um, before we get into your away form, let's um, let's talk about the home form. Obviously, he hadn't lost a home game for several years as a manager through his various clubs, and obviously astounded everyone by carrying that through and continuing it a whole. But obviously, you lost two 0 to Sunderland on the weekend. What what went wrong there? Because it was it really was the shock result of the weekend. Am I allowed to swear? <laughs> I won't swear. I won't swear. But honestly, that's what I felt like doing. It's um, when we were doing our own forum up on the radio station the day before. Everybody predicted a win. Um, you know, even some of the players, which I, I was, you know, when you cringe inside, one of our lone players came out. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com said well we will win this game it's just by how many <laughs> and you just think you know when you've just written someone's team talk for them when they arrive here with you know and you just think it's just it's whether you believe it or not you don't come out and say it publicly and and it was just like i winced at that moment and, and a little piece of me inside died and i thought we've just set ourselves up to failure and and obviously consequently we did and it wasn't for the lack of effort it wasn't for trying we put the effort in you know, the performance was reasonable. You couldn't say that we didn't try to win the game. We were attacking Sunderland. But those old habits where we have, we just cannot stop conceding goals. We are vulnerable at set pieces. And unfortunately, yet again, we conceded from a set piece. The second goal in injury time was irrelevant anyway. We were trying to win the game and it was mm. offside anyway, so who cares? But, you know, that, that was again... Marco Silva not quitting. I want to win. I want to win. He was still looking to try and win that game with five minutes to go. We're one nil down. But I think Sunderland did play with a bit of freedom. They definitely you could tell it was a, it, there was like a new air about them. It was like the pressure was gone. They didn't they didn't they didn't have the shackles of worrying about whether they're going to stay in the league or not. They played with a bit of freedom. They played a few a couple of kids that were trying to prove a point and mm. played reasonably well. But we should have won the game, but we didn't. And unfortunately, that result has, is the nail in our coffin. We will not get out of it now. No way. Well, we can only hope that Sunderland do us both a favour on the weekend and continue that uh, freedom against Sunderland, uh, sorry, against Swansea in their game. Um, and you've, you said there about your bad away form, but I don't know if you're aware of the Sellers Park record of ending team's terrible run. So obviously Burnley hadn't won away from home all season until they rocked up to Sellers Park last a couple of weeks ago and won 2-0 at a canter, shall we say. So um, are you, you, you're convinced that you're going to come to Sellers and get nothing from the game? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, one thing I will tell you that what will happen is, I mean, irrespective, I'm saying this now before Swansea have even played and they're playing the Saturday at Sunderland. I think Sunderland will put in a put in a put in a bit of a decent show. I, th- I think they'll try. The, the, there'll be thirty eight, forty thousand fans there. It's the last Premier League game. They'll they'll want to try and win the game. But as soon as it goes wrong, you know, as soon as Swansea get a goal, I think it'll just fall apart and they'll fall apart and Swansea will go on and win the game. Um, and I do think eventually Swansea will win that game and they'll learn from our lesson of um, what where we went wrong. They will be more clinical. As for us, when we go away, I'll tell you now, we will attack you. We will come, and he's done it everywhere we've been, irrespective of the opposition. We have gone to win games. It doesn't matter where we've gone. Liverpool, away under Marco Silva, we are trying to win every game. He will come at you, no doubt about it, but we are so weak at the back that you will get chances to score. And if there's one thing Crystal Palace have done well this season, it's scoring goals. And you'll get those opportunities. And if you put them away, you will beat us. Unfortunately, as much as we want to attack you and we'll play wide and we'll get the ball into centre forwards, and we might even go two up top because I wouldn't put it past him because we've got to win the game. Unfortunately, we're just not putting those chances away. And the only way we'll win the game is if we do put the two, three, four chances that we might create away, that's the only way we'll win it because you will definitely score. Oh my goodness, my my producer has just sent me a message saying this guy's making me even more nervous. <laughs> I think that's no, right. Well, it's, the thing is, it's because it, Marco Silva's whole mentality is to win every game. 
He wants to win. And and it, it, it's a, a pleasure to watch. We're going for it. You know, you know, if we're going to go down, we're going down fighting. That's the one thing you can say about Marco Silva. Unfortunately, maybe a bit of Premier League naivety. I'm not sure. Um, we're exciting to watch. We don't have the quality that we need, unfortunately. And we're not clinical enough in front of goal. And, and that is really our downfall. We just don't score enough. And certainly on the road, it is our downfall because normally mm. the onus is, is, is on the home team to attack. But we'll just come at you. We will just come at you. We've got to win the game. And his old mantra all season, I want to win the game. But it, it's just, unfortunately, we are so prone at the back to making those mistakes that once you get your chance, you've got strikers who can score goals. You've got wingers who can score goals. If you take those chances, you could find yourself racing into a 2-0 lead because we're still going to attack you even if you're 2-0 up. 3-0, 4-0, I don't know. Okay, well, it'll be... Defense? Um, well, in a moment, Ian, it is threadbare, to say the least, with our three first-choice centre-backs all out injured. So um, you'll probably get some chances. I think you'll be very surprised with how competitive your strikers might be against our defence. But... Give us a give us a prediction for the game. What, what, what what's it going to end? I, I, our track record at Celeste is is appalling. Although I do seem to remember, I think did we win our last Premier League game there? I yes, two 0 yeah. yeah, I think we did. But um, but unfortunately, Marco Silva's not had the rub of the green on the road. I can't see us winning, even though if we need to win. I think at best, if we sneak a point, great. But that's useless because our goal defence is worse than Swansea, so that's not really doing us any favours either. But I honestly think you'll win the game. It's something that I'm not sure you're aware of, but we've never. I'm sure I'm correct when I say this, and I'll need to double-check the fact, but Hull City, I can give you two facts. One for definite that I know is right. We have never, ever, ever won a Premier League game in May. That's the first. <laughs> oh that goodness. is a fact. And second fact is... I don't think we've ever beaten a Sam Allardyce side, ever. Wherever he's been, Sunderland, Blackburn, Bolton, we've <laughs> never beaten one. Ian, you're going to give all of our fans listening a nervous breakdown, so I'm going to have to stop you there. <laughs> hey, these are the facts. I, I, I don't mean these are the facts. I, I've got, I can only wait over the material I've got. <laughs> what can I do? Right. Look, Ian, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it, sir. And as, as always, you've been you've been great value. And um, uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk next season, both as Premier League teams and um, have another go round on this podcast. Well, uh, you know what? I'd love to do it because it's a pleasure speaking to you guys. You've been really good. And uh, if we can both stay up and send the Welsh down, that's got to be good news for the English Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, thanks, Ian. And we'll speak to you soon, pal. See you later. Take care. Bye. Homestel Radio. Preview podcast. Sponsored by fanduel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Right. (laughs) So you heard it there from Ian. Never won a Premier League game in the month of May and never beaten an Allardyce side. (laughs) 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 Um last week's predictions Tim and um, Nick Philpot you went, both went for 3-1 with Ben Teke to score but were um, 3-1 to City obviously and Nick you changed yours to a 1-0 Palace win on the grounds that Tim had stolen your idea um, how are you feeling about that prediction now Nostradamus well <laughs> it's nowhere near um, yeah yours is pretty good though let's talk about yours yeah, well, I went 3-0, but I went 3-0 on the grounds that I thought Damien Delaney was playing. So if I would have known it would have been Jeffrey Flirt, I would have probably gone five. So it's as close as I've got all season. So I'm going to... Yeah, take it as a win, mate. So harsh on poor Damo. No, I, I, I said it was going to be fewer goals conceded with Damo. So um, I'm not I'm not being terrible. Well, that's on, all right, then. On him there, yeah. So, right. So putting up the poll on Twitter... Um, 49% of Palace fans have said that we're going to win on Sunday. Um, obviously, a lot more of them are more confident than us, with 30% saying a draw and 21% of the miserable saying that Hull <laughs> will be winning the game. And with all those omens that I've just heard, I'm, that should be 121%. <laughs> um, so, scrolling through some of the predictions that we've had, uh, Jack Davey said it's going to be 2-2. 
Sam Heskiff has said whole win. <laughs> you knew that was coming from me, he says. Uh, Neil Grace has gone for 1-1, suggesting we'll be scoring an injury time equaliser. That would um, certainly cause some scenes in the homes, though. I know that much. Uh, uh, Navis Tweeting has said, we know the script. Robertson to score an injury time winner for them while PVA has his back turned. And that is obviously alluding to the 2-2 draw against Southampton back in 2005. Uh, Tony Stewart says he's got nil-nil written all over it. I will take that, sir. And Hans Honky Hosen, I don't think that's his real name, <laughs> said that it's going to be <laughs> be 1-1 with Nick Howen suggesting a 5-2 win to Palace, but um, he's mental. So, Nick... You've lost your place of going second because oh, one nil really? to Palace is appalling. So what you about have to, a ladies have, first? You have to give us your prediction. Lucy's not a lady. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. Thanks, my, my mistake, sorry. Uh, <laughs> age before beauty, eh, Terence? Age before beauty, that's the one. Yeah, right, I'll give you that. Okay, so Ian's just said himself that uh, they can't stop conceding goals. Uh, they are weak at the back. Palace are great at scoring goals. They'll score. My prediction is 2-0 win, both goals in the second half. Uh, Kabai, if he's fit, okay, we'll score one, and Ben Teke to score the other. And the beauty, Lucy, go for it. I'm going to agree with my buddy Jack Davey and say 2-2 with Ben Teke and Townsend to score for Palace. Okay. <laughs> oh, so you know what you've got to do? You know what if you're listening. <laughs> if you're listening for the first time through the AB, and um, you could be, everybody knows that I usually predict us to lose, <laughs> and usually <laughs> it's to sort of so I don't jinx it. But I feel like I undone that when I said that um, we would beat Liverpool. So <laughs> um, this time, I am going for a two-nil win for Hull. <laughs> Good man. Um, they. It's just, it's the sort of game we lose. Uh, I've, listening to Ian has slightly made me think that it might not be 2-0 to Hull on the grounds that I like that he said that Hull are going to come out and attack us. And if that's the case, it probably won't finish 2-0 to Hull. But if um, Marco Silva and not Marco Alonso, as I said when I was talking to Ian, I, if you didn't pick up on that, there you go. <laughs> um, they are not managed by the Chelsea fullback. Um <laughs> Yeah, so if they come out and attack us, then I think it won't be 2-0. But, you know, hopefully for whole sake, Silver will have a bit more nous about it this time and will realise that teams that sit deep at Sellers tend to do pretty well. So there you go. Um, you can all slaughter me next week when it finishes 2-0 to Hull. <laughs> all right, next up, we're going to be remembering the quickest league hat-trick in Crystal Palace history as we go back to March of 2013 and remember our 4-2 win over Hull in the Championship. Homestyle Radio, Freeview Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. Huge game in the race for the Premier League. Crystal Palace started fourth in the championship. Four points behind second place visitors, Hull City, who returned to the top two with their 5-2 win over Birmingham City at the weekend. Strike the arm of Jack Hobbs, though. Referee has halted play, and he has given another penalty. Murray having missed from the spot, it's Kevin Phillips who steps up this time and scores on his first start for the Eagles. Battling for it, comes away with it as well. It runs through for Kevin Phillips to score his and Crystal Palace's second goal of the evening. 39 years of age. Oh, is away again. He's found Kevin Phillips again. Oh, and Kevin Phillips scores again. Two in a minute and a hat-trick for Kevin Phillips. An incredible story. 39 years of age, his first start for the club and he's hit a hat-trick. Oh, for a fifth win in seventh. 
This would settle it, and they have. It's Wilfred Zaha this time. Provided with two of the goals for Kevin Phillips. He scored this one himself. He's sixth of the season. His first officially as a Manchester United player back on loan. Yep, so it's the 5th of May. It's a Tuesday night. And it is second place Hull against fourth place Crystal Palace at Sellers Park. 16,230 people in attendance. Were both you guys at this one? I'm sure you were. I certainly was. Um, no, I wasn't there. <laughs> okay, well, it was um, it was certainly a big game going into it. Uh, Palace had just picked up some form um, after going for a little bit of a rocky patch under Holloway after you know blitzing the league with... Friedman in charge and then when Holloway came in early doors uh, but as it stood Palace sat four points behind Hull who were in second with Watford in between us um, we'd won our last three at home and we're just off the back of a 1-0 win at Derby on the Friday night before so playing on a Friday night and a Tuesday rest in peace 3pm Saturday kickoffs even in the championship it would seem um, uh, but Hull were in stonking form at home they'd won three of their, um, I think they'd won three or four of their last home games and hadn't lost for quite a while at home. But away, they was a bit sloppy. They'd lost three of their last four. And the only win was coming against Millwall. So um, they had form in South London, at least. Um, starting line-up for Palace, Julian Speroni. Oh, remember those days. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Butterfield, um, Loney's superstar. Should we call him that? Didn't he get sold for millions a couple of seasons ago? It's absolutely ridiculous. Dean Moxie, good old Peter Ramage, friend of whole radio. Damien Delaney, KG, Johnny Williams. Oh, there you are, Johnny. Mila Yednak, Glenn Murray, Kevin Phillips and Wilfred Zaha. And at various points in the game, they were joined by Stephen Dobby, Johnny Parr and Yannick Balassi. And for Steve Bruce, boo, Steve Bruce's hole. Uh, David Stockdale, hello, was in goal. <laughs> Could be a Palace player next season if the rumours are to be believed. Um, Steve Bruce's son, Alex Bruce, Stephen Quinn, Jack Hobbs, James Chester, Robert Corran, Ahmed El Mohammadi, David Myler, Gado, Robbie Brady, and Palace fan George Boyd, and um, Fatty McShane, also former Palace, and Jay Simpson. <laughs> 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 what? It, what I did, it wasn't Fatty McShane. There was a player called Ahmed Fatty and Paul McShane. Well, that's not what you said. You said Fatty McShane. Fatty and McShane. <laughs> you didn't say that. <laughs> Fatty and McShane. It sounds like a 90s cartoon. I don't know why. It wasn't Paul McShane in Heidi High. Do you know what? <laughs> when you said Fatty McShane, Lucy, I was actually thinking about what the guy from Heidi High. That's what made me laugh. What is going on? Um, I'd like to tell new listeners that it isn't usually like this, but it 100% is. Right, let's get straight to go. Um, Johnny Williams uh, won a rather soft penalty. Um, there was contact and he made the most of it. Although, arguably, he, was such a, he is such a small guy, was such a small guy. <laughs> He's still with us, Johnny Williams, believe it or not. And um, he won a penalty. And as usual, Glenn Murray, having scored 27 goals already that season, I think 25 of them from the spot. <laughs> we got so many penalties that year. Uh, but he missed this one. Stockdale um, pulled off a really good save away to his right. And um, that meant Murray was off penalty duties. And it was shortly after um, the weirdest penalty you're ever likely to see. A whole player slid across, blocked it. Um, his trailing arm then sort of half brushed the dribbling ball and he wasn't even looking at it. So there's no way it could have been deliberate. But the referee pointed to the spot and gave a penalty. Nick, were you confident when Kevin Phillips stepped up, this being the first one he took for us? I mean, the first thing that was first was very surprising to see Glenn miss the first one and talk about a dubious penalty for the second one. I've watched that clip four or five times this afternoon and I still can't see it. I still can't <laughs> see why we got it. I mean, not a single player on the Palace side appealed for it. So God knows how much, what size of brown paper bag we're given the linesman that day. But and then, <laughs> then Phillips came up and he was never in doubt, was it? I mean, great penalty. Slapped it home. Um, and it's interesting that Stockdale saved the first one. He's, yeah. The one thing you've heard about this guy is he can save a penalty, can't he? 
does and he got a hand to Kevin Phillips's one but obviously Kevin Phillips loves to hump it home with power as he later did in the playoff final as well but that was four minutes into stoppage time at the end of the first half and I really one of the most memorable things about that was um, just going into singing we love you in the crowd with the big old build up that we're used to and um, the referee blowing for half time straight away but the fans continuing to just sing as the players came off the pitch and the atmosphere was it was just a lecture that night and only 16,000 people in there rattling around we could still make a good old racket and then um, you know we'd fairly dominated the first half uh, 70% possession is is what we had in that first 45 minutes which in a championship game of football is is quite incredible really you get used to seeing that in the Premier League because teams deliberately concede possession like that but when a team in fourth is playing a team in second that's that's quite an astounding amount of possession but in the second half it was Wilfred Zaha came to life basically and that that would <laughs> that would be that for Hull and Kevin Phillips would go on to score a hat-trick in eight minutes. So 52 minutes gone and um, Zaha holds off two whole players before crossing loads of Phillips and he gets scores with aid of deflection. And it's 2-0 and just a, one minute later again, Zaha this time gets clear of two whole defenders down the right and finds Phillips 25 yards from goal and he's shot the flex again over Stockdale into the top corner. Now, Lucy, 39-year-old, scoring hat-tricks in the championship. What's going on there? Well, Kevin Phillips was something else, wasn't he? He's a he's a machine and, you know, that's why we all loved him. Um, yeah, I don't think you would get somebody like that. But perhaps the closest would maybe be Defoe. Uh, who, again, if rumours are to be believed, could be in a Palace shirt next season. Oh, um, could you imagine him working off of Benteke? I think there would be some mileage in that. Now, not only was this the, the fastest league hat-trick, um, there was, it was just crazy what went on with him scoring that third goal. Um, he broke the record that belonged to Dougie Friedman, who scored the hat-trick against Grimsby Town on a Tuesday night, 17 years exactly to the day prior to Kevin Phillips scoring this hat-trick. So there's obviously something about a Tuesday night at Sellers on the 5th of March. So um, look out for that one next time. Get your money on someone scoring a hat-trick. And Kevin Phillips became the first player to score a hat-trick on his full debut since the legendary Peter Simpson did it. Well, it would have been back in the 20s and 30s. So absolutely astounding that he could you know, break so many incredible records, you know, a Dougie Friedman, Palace legend, whatever people think. And um, Peter Simpson, undoubtedly a legend, although none of us ever saw him play, sadly. Um, Nick. <laughs> I really thought you were going to say, Nick, do you remember Peter Simpson? You missed the opportunity. <laughs> Nick, did you see Peter Simpson play? No. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we've we've only two shows left to go for the rest of the season. I was going to lay off your age, but if you want to if you want to draw attention to it, sir, then by all means, go for it. Um, <laughs> want to disappoint, of course. But um, you know, we took our foot off the gas a bit then, and whole slowly came back into the game. And uh, Jay Simpson, who once played for England, didn't he? Um, pulled one back for Hull to make it 3-1 and typically Palace fans have heard us talk all the way through this show about how we get nervous about things. The next few minutes were a little bit little bit squeaky bum time, but then Wilfred Zaha broke away again once more down the right and Stockdale had to make a decision between trying to cut out a cross and block off the route to Murray in the middle and Zaha obviously gave him a bit of the eyes and just slot, beat him at his near post, slotted it in. And we were away, back up, getting in towards the automatic promotion places and um, the crowd were loving it. Even even Ian, Holl- Ian Holloway got some love with the whole crowd singing Ollie, give us a wave, especially the lot in the corner. And I remember him vividly being gloved up, having little black gloves on and his and his overcoat and waving over. And times were times were good for Holloway at that point, shall we say? And um, there was also another song sung at this point, which was directed at Steve Bruce. Um, Brucey, <laughs> you're a I don't think I can um, say no. what words followed <laughs> at that point. Um, Alan Pardew's best friend, David Myler, would pull one back for them in extra time, in injury time, to make it 4-2. But um, 
we'd hold on for the points. Uh, now, when we did this classic match a couple of weeks ago for Spurs, um, Nick, if you remember, after that game, that Spurs game, the 1-0 win at White Hart Lane in 97, we didn't win for 14 games after that one. <laughs> Um, sim- similar sort of scenes here uh, we wouldn't win for nine games after this one and our dreams of automatic promotion went out the window um, I'm sure the 4-0 loss to Birmingham City will never come up on the classic match what do you reckon <laughs> <laughs> I think you're probably right yeah, yeah absolutely right. you're probably right maybe on a Birmingham podcast um, but <laughs> yep so we'd go nine games without a win and wouldn't win in sort of final game of the season when Peterborough rocked up to Sellers Park and we relegated them and Dwight Gow down to League One. Um, Lucy. Terence. Kevin Phillips. Yes. Scored a hat-trick in this, went on and obviously scored the winner in the playoff final and a couple more important goals along the way there. Uh, Is he someone you'd like to see join our coaching staff at some point? Uh, <clears throat> uh, possibly, but I think we've we've got a good coaching staff at the minute, um, and I think we need to re- uh, remove ourselves from the romance of old players, because um, that's something that we certainly like to do. I mean, dare I say, if the unthinkable happened, he might be good if we were to be in a different division. But I think while we're in the Premier League, we need to keep away from former players. OK, you don't think um, Nick Bentake could learn anything from Kevin Phillips's finishing skills? Different type of player, but aren't altogether, aren't they? I think Lucy's right. I think we do have this sad history of going back to our former players. Um, I think because he did a, a semi-coaching role uh, in his last season with us and he wasn't coaching but he wasn't playing every game so therefore he had more time on the training pitch with our players um he i don't think he's the right person for us okay whilst i've got an affinity for him i never liked him as a player i mean he would always score against palace okay but when he Mm -hmm. came to us and what he ended up doing with the playoff final goal um he'll always have a little place in my heart but certainly not as a coach so there you go listeners apparently romance is dead um and I will be lobbying for Dougie Freeman to be our manager when Allardyce eventually <laughs> loses his job somewhere down the line. <laughs> right, um, that's the end of the classic match, and we will be back after this short jingle. Homestyle Radio, Freeview Podcast, sponsored by fanjewel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. And now the end is near. I was never a singer, so I will stop there. <laughs> and the end I'm talking about, of course, is the podcast and hopefully not our Premier League status. Um, thanks to Ian Watson of Hulkingston Radio for joining us. Um, great value, I think you'll agree. Um, the whole City Review show will be live on Sunday nights. Head to wholeradio.net forward slash listen hyphen live or head to facebook.com forward slash wholeradio at 8 p.m. on Sunday to listen live. Or, if you can't do that, you can catch up from 10 p.m. onwards with the podcast version of the show. And thanks go to Billiam in the background, our lovely producer, for pulling this together and making it sound wonderful as it does. And all that's left then is for me to thank the old boy, Nick Philpott. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. See you at Homesdale on Saturday. You, well, <laughs> so, all Sunday even. Yeah, on yeah. get there get there, get there early, mate. You can help you can help put the display together with the fanatics. And um and of course thanks to the lovely Lucy. Thank you, Terrence. Right, guys. It's gonna be it's the penultimate show of the season. We're gonna we're signing it off with a team, a Premier League team, and we're gonna still definitely be one by the time we record next week. Am I right? Quite right. Positivity. Good. Absolutely. So until then, up the palace. Homestyle Radio, Freeview Podcast, sponsored by fanjewel.co.uk. The next generation of fantasy football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.